Well, I want you to imagine that 30 people from church at nine have been sent to jail all on the one day. Not because they've all turned to a life of crime, but these 30 brothers and sisters have been rounded up, carted off, because they were found down the main street of Dubbo telling people the gospel. They dared to tell people that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he's risen from the dead, that he's coming to judge the world and the only way to be spared from his judgment is to trust him now, to acknowledge Jesus as your Lord, to turn to him for forgiveness. Our brothers and sisters spoke out about Christ, but it now means they're in prison. Now, as one of those still here, what's your next move? What would we do about that? Would we appeal to the government for their release? Get a petition going? Have a prayer meeting? Do we cancel the upcoming outreach meeting that we had planned? You know, tone everything down a bit until the heat dies down. Or do you go down the same main street with the same message and preach Christ even more boldly than you've ever done before? What's your next move? What should we do? What phone calls are we making? What direction are we taking? And how do you decide what we should do? What factors do you take into consideration? What's the most important thing to keep in mind? Well, in my head, one of the important things is safety. You know, the safety of those who are now in jail, the safety of us still here. But what matters most is not people's safety. And it's not that justice gets done. It's not even that our brothers and sisters get out of jail. So what is the most important thing? What matters most is that Christ is preached. That's what the Apostle Paul spells out for us in our verses this morning. What I've just described was actually happening to Paul when he wrote the letter to the Philippians. Paul himself had been thrown in prison for telling people about Jesus and he's writing to the Philippians to let them know it's all okay because him being in prison has seen Christ preached more and more and that's what really matters. So come with me to his conclusion in verse 18. Chapter 1 and verse 18. Paul says, But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. See, what matters most is that Christ is preached. The only way that people can be safe on the day of Christ is if they acknowledge him now, before he comes. So even if it means bringing you trouble for the sake of others, what matters is that you tell them about Christ. Let's see how it worked out in the life of Paul. He's going to talk about the gospel advancing and the gospel advances when more people hear about Christ and when more people speak out about Christ. So what we'll do is we'll look at more people hearing and speaking out about Christ before we come to our advancing of the gospel today. So come back up to verse 12 with me and let's look first at the advance of the gospel by more and more people hearing the gospel. So verse 12. Paul writes, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Now, the idea behind advance the gospel there in verse 12 is that the gospel is better off. 
Paul being imprisoned for preaching Christ has seen the gospel progress, move forward. Now, how could Paul being thrown in prison make the gospel better off? You know, was it because he was such a lousy preacher and so finally someone's managed to shut him up? Well, no, it wasn't that. Verse 13, the gospel has advanced through Paul being thrown in prison because more people are now hearing about Christ. The whole palace guard now has heard about Christ and everyone else that's there. Now, we're not told exactly how that's happened, but as a result of Paul being in prison, everyone in the whole palace guard has now heard about Christ. Paul's imprisonment has seen the gospel advance because more people heard about Jesus. Now, before we move on to thinking about more people speaking out about Christ, please notice Paul's perspective here. The guy's been thrown in prison. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't really fancy going to a civilised Australian prison, let alone a first century Roman one. Paul preaching Christ, he's landed in jail. And how does he look at what's happening to him now? In terms of the gospel of Christ. Is what's happening to him helping to advance the gospel? If so, he'll take whatever comes. More people hearing about Jesus is the lens through which Paul views life. Everything in life is about Christ. No matter what's happening, even imprisonment, everything is understood in terms of what good is happening for the gospel. And the same should be of us. Whether it's how we think about when we get persecuted or whether it's an illness that we might contract, a job promotion that we get, whatever, how we understand everything should be in terms of how can this advance the gospel? Because what matters most is that Christ is preached. Which leads to the obvious second way that the gospel advances, and that is by more and more people speaking about Christ. Uh, Paul in prison saw me, more people hear about Christ. It also saw more and more people speak out about Christ. So have a look now at verse 14. Verse 14, because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds a bit weird to me. I mean, Paul is just, he's landed in hot water for telling people about Jesus. So what do other people do? They go and tell even more people about Jesus. It's asking for trouble. They knew that Paul's in prison for preaching Christ, so if they preach Christ, there's a good chance they'll end up in jail too. But somehow, Paul's chains for Christ only gave them more confidence to join him in preaching Christ. Now, why would they do that? Gluttons for punishment? You know, or did they have reckless personalities? They just lost their marbles? You know, why would they risk things like this? Well, Paul tells us, and there are two reasons why these people proclaimed the gospel more courageously. One group of people, they wanted to take a stand with Paul. The other group, can you believe it, they preached Christ because they wanted to cause Paul even more trouble. Look at verse 15. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love knowing that I am put here for the defence of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. So one group are preaching Christ along with Paul out of goodwill, out of love, we're told. 
knowing that Paul's in prison for the defence of the gospel, they speak out about Jesus too. It's a, it's a wonderful display of solidarity. You know, they're taking a stand with Paul. They're not backing down. They're not caving in under the pressure. They're willing to receive the same treatment. It's a case of when someone's doing it tough, you want to help them out. So last week, we hear of Bryony's dad suddenly dying and she's got to rush off to Western Australia. Then we want to f- help the family out. We're quick to provide meals for Jed and the girls. Or it might be that, you know, you've got a friend of yours and you discover actually they're really seriously ill and might mean number of trips to Sydney. It's going to be tricky getting the kids to and from school. There's going to be all manner of complications and you just want to do what you can to help them. Well, these brothers and sisters have heard that Paul's doing it tough and and they want to do what they can to help him. And so what do they do? Verse 16, out of love, they preach the gospel. Because the best thing they can do for Paul, given that he's in prison for preaching Christ, is to preach Christ all the more. Because what matters most is that Christ is preached. And then you've got the other group, the ones speaking out even more about Christ, but this time, verse 15, out of envy and rivalry. Or verse 17, selfish ambition, thinking they can stir up trouble for Paul. It could be that they're thinking that if Paul's in prison for speaking out about Christ, then if even more people preach Christ, then maybe the authorities will punish Paul even more to try and stop the advance of the gospel. Not sure how it all works, but these people are a bit off-putting, aren't they? They're not taking a stand with Paul. They're wanting to make trouble for him. Like being in prison is not trouble enough. I mean, who needs enemies when you've got friends like this? Something's not right in all this, is it? And yet the remarkable thing is Paul doesn't seem to care. Sure, their motives aren't pure. Sure, they're troublemakers, but at least they're preaching the gospel. And what matters most is that Christ is preached. Verse 18, but what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. He's got remarkable clarity, hasn't he? The guy's in prison. We'll see next week, there's a possibility he might even be executed. But not only is Paul in grief with the authorities, some of the believers are trying to stir up trouble for him, but Paul is adamant, it's all good. So long as Christ is preached, I rejoice. More people speaking out about Christ, that's what matters. That's the important thing. So don't worry about my imprisonment. My chains have served to advance the gospel. What matters most is that Christ is preached. That's happening more and more because I'm in prison. So I rejoice. Now, friends, the implication of this part of God's word is obvious, isn't it? The crystal clear truth shining brightly through these verses is that what matters most is that Christ is preached. We want to be advancing the gospel today. But before we think about how we can talk to people about Jesus, it'd be good to think first about our convictions. Because I could prattle on for the next five minutes with some ideas about how we can go about telling people about Jesus, but... If we're not genuinely convinced of why we would do that, then it won't make any difference at all, will it? So, brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you first in taking hold of the truth that the day of Christ is coming. Because that's what Paul springboards off from verses 1 to 11. Do you remember last week? The day of Christ is what Paul's talking about immediately before all this talk of preaching Christ. And the coming day of Christ helps us to appreciate why preaching Christ now 
is what matters most. Because the day of Christ is the day Christ will be perfectly united with his people, where we will be welcomed into his new creation, all of us living perfectly for the glory of God and and no longer having our sin dragging us into its muck, death no longer casting its shadow over us and the troubles of this life melted away like frost in the morning sun. But most of all, the day of Christ is when the Lord Jesus himself is revealed for who he truly is, the supreme ruler of the living and the dead, with all things in heaven and on earth, bowing before his glorious throne, every tongue confessing that he alone rules over all things and God the Father being glorified in him. Friends, God has told us that the day of Christ is coming. Do you believe this? Has this truth gripped your heart? Have you been captured by this vision of the future of all humanity that ultimately what matters for every single person is that they be reconciled to God, that they be forgiven of their sin, that they submit to God in all things and that the only way, the only way anyone can have this is through Jesus Christ. Because without Christ, all anyone can expect from God is his fiery judgment. For the gates of hell to swing wide open and swallow them in. For the risen, all-conquering and almighty Lord Jesus to execute his perfect justice and rain down on them in his terrifying fury. Friends, do you believe this? So that now what matters to you is that Christ is preached. Penn Gillette is half of the comedy magic duo Penn and Teller. A few years ago, after one of their shows, someone from the audience came up to Penn and thanked him for their performance and then handed him a Bible. There was a note inside and some phone numbers if Penn wanted to chat further, and then the fellow walked away. Now, Penn is an atheist. He doesn't believe that there's a God at all. But this is what Penn had to say about this guy trying to convert him to Christianity. Penn said, I've always said that I don't respect people who don't proselytise, that is, try and convert people to their religion. He says, I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there's a heaven and a hell, and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life, and you think that it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward, how much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytise? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? I mean, if I believe beyond the shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe that that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I tackle you. And this is more important than that. Pendulet gets it, doesn't he? He doesn't even believe in Christ. But it's not just the reality of hell that should motivate us, it's also the glory of the new creation and wanting people to come and join us in eternity. It's also the rightness of people giving the Lord Jesus his due. And so it's right that we tell people about Christ. It's good that we tell people about Christ. It's essential that we tell people about Christ. What matters most is that Christ is preached because he is coming. 
And so as we're talking to our friends and our workmates and our school friends, our teammates, our neighbours, as we're talking to people, we're looking for opportunities to tell them specifically about Christ. We want to do more than tell people we go to church. It's a nice start, but they need to hear about Jesus because what matters most is that Christ is preached. And we want to do more than tell people that we believe in God. Because so do the Muslims and the Hindus and a whole bunch of others. We need to tell people about Jesus. Because what matters most is that Christ is preached. And we want to do more than let people know that we're Christian. That's not a bad thing to tell them, don't get me wrong. But what people need to know is who Christ is. Because what matters most is that Christ is preached. And we want to do more than live a godly life in front of people. Being godly is a good thing, obviously, but what people need to hear is Christ because what matters most is that Christ is preached because it's the day of Christ that's coming. It's not the day of those who go to church or the day of those who say they're Christian. It's the day of Christ and the people around us need to hear of him. So let's go and tell them. If you don't know anyone who's not a Christian, then go and meet some. Say hello to your neighbours. Join the bowls club. Uh, go and sit next to someone who's on their, road in the, on their own in the food halls in one of the shopping centres. Just do something to meet new people. You have the words of eternal life. Go and share them. Or if you have friends and neighbours that you know that aren't Christian, then think about what's the next step to talking to them about Christ. Every now and then we'll run events here at church to help one another let our friends know about Jesus But don't make the only thing you invite your friends to be our outreach events. Invite them to go to the movies with you or to come over for dinner or to join in your kid's birthday party. Because if the only thing we invite people to is our outreach events, then they'll get the feeling that the only reason you're interested in them is as a project. You know, you're trying to get them to come to church or something. But we're talking about real people. So love them as real people. Share life with them. And into their lives, you can speak the truth of Christ to them. Now, will this take time? Of course it will. But what matters? Your leisure pursuits? Your social comfort? No. What matters most is that Christ is preached. And lastly, an encouraging word to those who are already deeply convicted by all of this. You know, you're looking for opportunities to share Jesus with people. You pray that people will hear of Christ and become Christians. You know that the majesty and the goodness of the Lord Jesus, it demands that all people all over the world hear about him. And you regularly find yourself talking to all sorts of people specifically about Jesus. Friends, if that's you, maybe you need to think about how you can do this even more. Maybe you could think about giving up one afternoon of work a week to teach scripture. Maybe you could take a day off work each week to just walk up to people in the park or at shopping centres to tell them about people. Maybe you could move towns. Maybe you could move countries. There's a whole world out there, billions of people who don't know Christ and aren't ready for when he comes. Maybe you could go to some of them to tell them about Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong, there's plenty of people here in Dubbo. We haven't reached with the gospel yet, and we'd love your help, but maybe for the sake of Christ, you should consider leaving and being equipped and going elsewhere for the express purpose 
of telling as many people as you can that Jesus Christ is Lord. Because friends, for all of us, for every single one of us, the important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, we rejoice. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you sent your son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. Thank you that we live now in the age where your gospel, the news of your son, is spreading all over the world. And thank you that every day you are bringing more and more people into your kingdom, the kingdom of your son. And Father, we pray for ourselves that we would be so convicted by the truth of Jesus, by his coming, by his day that will appear. Father, may we be bold and courageous and fearless in seeing that Christ is preached here in our town and beyond. Father, fill us with conviction in the truth and the glory of Christ that we might speak of him and see him honoured. And we ask it for his sake and in his name. Amen.